Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. All right. It's finally here. Episode 7. The one that we've been talking about for a couple weeks. Um, We are celebrating a big birthday. And actually, we celebrate this birthday more than we celebrate your actual birthday day because may 1st is danny's 14 year sobriety birthday that's correct that's incredible so we think i I think this is actually going to air on may 1st so just know if you're listening to it on may 1st we are partying hard but in a very sober way (laughs) (laughs) those are the best because actually i spend less money and i remember it yeah, so anyway, today's episode is going to be awesome. We're, we're, I am going to kind of interview Danny for everyone and just kind of talk about the journey from, from then until now. Um, but uh, before then, I just, you know, want to see if Danny has anything to say about... I don't. It's amazing. It's, it's an incredible time to think about. Um, it's one to celebrate, but it always, it has a big... I don't know the best way to say it, but it it's humbling. It's a day of reflection. And although half of me wants to celebrate and rejoice and scream from the rooftops that, hey, this is possible. Everyone can have it. It's also, you know, it's a little bit emotional where I, I feel somber. Is that a good word? Yeah, yeah. Sure. So it's a day of mixed emotions, but definitely one that it's incredible to reflect back and think, wow. I like that. Actually, I remember like the first year that we celebrated it together, you know, when we were married, I was like unsure, like, do I celebrate it? Do I talk about it? Do we like, is this, but well, I, I, I was unsure too. I'm like, do I even bring it up? Is that going to be like a source of yeah, like discomfort or, you know, scratching on an, an open wound? So, yeah. but we, I, I chose to take the celebration route because I felt like it deserves the celebration instead of thinking, well, gosh, I wish it, I wouldn't have even ever fallen off the wagon, you know, just celebrating, just being, being there and being on and, and progressing. She did. It was it, after a couple of years, it became bigger and bigger and we're making cakes and the kids are celebrating. And at first they're so young, they don't even know why. And, you know, She's giving me little gifts and that are sentimental gifts. And, you know, I always had part of my insecurities made me feel a little bit awkward in that moment, like that I didn't deserve to receive that love and that recognition. But over time, it just blossomed into something to being proud of and which has given me the fuel, honestly, encouraged to be so open and willing to help others. It's awesome. Before uh, I interview Danny, so to speak, I want to tell you guys, we were on a really cool show yesterday, Danny and I, so you might want to uh, check them out on Instagram. It's the Brave Talk Show, um, and we'll let you know when our episode comes up, but it was really a fun day, and we just were really open about our relationship and kind of um, what, how we got started with Living Proof, and it was it was a really cool experience, so check them out. Yeah, and it's then, called Brave Women? The- the- it was just ca- it's called the brave talk show, but it's all, it's, it's four women. Yeah. And my wife. So five women on a stage lit up like a Christmas tree and me. Yeah. 
I mean, Danny. I didn't really... know if I was supposed to be scared or feel like Big Poppy. <laughs> I'm like, yo, me and all the ladies. <laughs> it was an experience, but it was awesome. So anyway, we'll let yeah, you. Great. We'll, we'll let you know about that, and you should definitely check them out. Um, and other big news: we are expanding our family. And no, I am not pregnant, but we did get. What? Five baby chicks. Oh my gosh! So we're we have more. Oh, chickens. we talked about living with diarrhea in the, in the previous episode. <laughs> I just got sick in my stomach. Oh, we did. We got five baby <gasps> chicks. So we're still we're our our farm name is the Fuster Cluck Farms. Fuster Cluck Farms, and what's amazing is if you see it, like if you are one lucky person that's ever received some of our farm fresh eggs, and you see the sign. You just have to say the name of our farm at least five times and see if you don't mess up. By the way, I learned. Fuster Cluck, Fuster Cluck. Fuster Cluck is a spoonerism. Ooh. If you don't know what that is, I don't, even know don't what feel that. bad, but you should look it up. It's a spoonerism. All I'm right. just going to let you Google that. Um, okay. And anyway, just in other quick news, we we have done some updates on our website. So if you haven't been there in a while, please go um Check it out. We've added some services and um, it and also added a feature where if you if you work for a company or own a company and you're interested in offering um, like an extension to your employee benefits, we are we are working with companies now um, adding our court, our digital course offering as a part of the employee benefits package. Yeah, a very so, minimal, very minimal investment. You can canvas a great deal of people within your reach. Yep. So anyway, if anybody's interested in that, hop on the website and shoot us a message because we'd love to talk about it. Okay. Now, it's also a good way to help. Like if you're someone listening and and the problem isn't is dominant in your home, but it's your sister oh, or yes, it's your cousin or something, you can send them the website. And one thing that came up the other day that was interesting is this this lady I know, she has a sister whose son is just in it and unfortunately her husband's not very supportive he has some different challenges and so she just feels for this sister you yeah know, it's and so we got talking and she was able to purchase some courses and enroll her sister as a way of helping you know so you can share the website there's a lot of helpful information again it's yourlivingproof.com yeah so check it out um okay now to the good stuff danny um. Yeah, I don't know about this. So I, this taps into <laughs> all my no insecurities, all of on. my, you know, I am a control freak. I have OCD. I don't know. Let's keep going. I Kay. ADD at one point when I was a kid. So she told me that I don't know what's coming and I just have to be prepared. So I'm not spiritually scary, in tune. Okay. It's all good. Um. Okay. I'm just saying the number 14. Can you, when you hear... I, or when you say out loud, I, I am, have been clean and sober for 14 years. Does it, does it even seem that long? Like, can you believe it? Did you ever think you would say those words? I think it's similar to anything else in life for people of significance that, you know, part of you wonders, gosh, has it really been that long? And, you know, part of you feels like it was just yesterday, you know? Yeah. So it's amazing. And I'll tell you right now, the first 365 days of my journey, that number seemed impossible. Yeah. 
I'm sure. So if you go to if you go to any sort of recovery group meetings, you know, AA is a big one you've heard of. They have NACA, all these Al Anon, different groups. You know, they recognize lengths of sobriety by giving people a chip. It's like a yeah. token of I've been clean for 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, and they go all the way up to a year. And then after that, it's just every year. And they do it. They give you a hug and they let you talk. It's awesome. It's such a heartwarming experience. If you haven't been, I, I challenge you to go. They say the most common chip that people receive is that 30-day chip or the newcomer chip. Mm-hmm. So they get it. They try. They fail. They start over. So if you would have told me this 13 and a half years ago, I would have been like, I cannot comprehend that at this time. So it wouldn't even have been the thought. Yeah. Now I'm just like, oh, sweet. Well, that number will just be infinite, you know, infinite because it's just how it works. So awesome. Love it. Okay. I'm going to introduce you guys. You, you might do the same thing in your family, but in our family, on birthdays or on New Year's, every New Year's Eve, we do this as a family, but um, you have to do your highs and lows. Okay. So it's your three highs for the year and the three lows for the year. Is what well, we, we do, do that on vacations too. Yeah, and th- yeah, after a vacation. Okay, what was your top three and your your bottom you know, three? Bottom three. All right. So, Danny, I want to know, but it has to be in this order because we don't want to end on a low note. I want to know your top three lows from the last fourteen years. Oh boy! And your top three highs. Wow. But not real highs. <laughs> lows. Lows first. Like what? What? If you were to yeah, some of the look worst. at the, the worst over the 14 years, what's been the hardest or the, the worst? Uh, year one or months one through six. Um, and what I mean by that is that will always be the hardest and there would be a hundred challenges within that one. And yeah. what I mean by that is trying to put back the pieces of my shattered life Yeah, and doing it fully exposed without any comfort and also without any sort of coping mechanisms whatsoever. Yeah. I didn't have a relationship with God at that time. I didn't have a relationship with many other people other than my parents, which was probably still pity at that time. But I was alone. I was scared. I was broke. I was, I had nothing other than really some days just like gritting my teeth and making it through and keep doing all the little things I supposed to do. And it was very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that would be number one. Um, number two, again, this encapsulates several failed moments. So it wasn't just one specific moment. Yeah. But it was probably the next year or two recognizing. It's hard to really explain finally seeing the character flaws that I had, that I avoided, that I had neglected to acknowledge because I was just a master at making them go away. I knew how to feel good all the time, 24-7. So starting to deal with the inefficiencies that I had as a person, um, stinking thinking, self-sabotage, a lot of those things were there in the forefront. And yeah. And then number three would be... um, just being completely honest and transparent would have been just, you know, more recently after being clean for 12 years, I think at least, um, you know, we, 
like many people were in a business and it had a, an unhappy ending. Yeah. Um, it's still unresolved. And I don't want to get into the details of that, but I felt wrong. I wronged. I felt betrayed. Um, and most of all, I had never in my 43 years of life at this point given more of my heart and soul consistently to something in such an honest manner. I never cut corners. I never, Yeah. I gave, I laid my life on the line for you something did. to build something. And for many different reasons, um, things didn't work out the way they were supposed to. So no, financially we weren't compensated the way we we're supposed to be and still haven't. But two, it was just the sense and feelings of betrayal and um, just the feelings that didn't settle the way they should have. Right. I, I don't know if yeah. that's... I, I totally get it. That but it was heartbreaking. It was, to this day, probably the only time I've had to go through something as dark as waking up in a jail cell withdrawing. I mean, something yeah. that dark. So, well, and, I, and I can say, living with you, I, I know how real that was. It was a very real, um, overwhelming feeling of, of sadness, darkness, just kind of just an unsettling, uncomfortable thing. But again, you the coping skills of running away from it weren't there. You just kind of, you have to process it and live in it and work through it. And, and that's hard. Yeah, it's hard work. It is. It was... If that would have happened any anytime sooner, that would have probably been the biggest threat to derail my life and the progress I had made. Yeah, meaning you know, absolutely agree. People fall back yeah. to what they're doing. What's interesting is a few years before that, you know, I used to do CrossFit a lot. That was I loved, and I I got really competitive at it. Started doing a lot of Olympic lifting type of stuff, He's and actually amazing at it. It helps to be short because you get some real good thrust out of those legs when Thrusters. you're not. Yes, but I. Uh, <laughs> Long story short, I had a little pain in my groin. After complaining about it for long enough, my wife said, okay, you either go see the doctor or you stop complaining about it. And I was like, okay. So I went and saw the doctor because I couldn't stop complaining. Um, thought I had maybe pulled my groin or something or pulled a muscle. And come to find out, I had degenerative osteoarthritis. And if I remember how they said it correctly. But yep. they said your hips are the equivalent of an 85 to 90-year-old man. Yeah. In fact, I remember them saying... If I didn't see you sitting in front of me, I would have thought you were in a wheelchair yeah. with how, how completely gone your hip is. You know, so that was tough. And the point I'm trying to get to is, you know, that was devastating. And of course that was genetic. It had nothing to do with what I'd done in life, decisions yeah. I'd made. They think it was probably the, you know, it was an onset of an injury at some point when I was younger, but that would typically be the biggest threat to someone in recovery. Why? Yeah, because you you had to go on pain pain pills. You're going your to surgery. an operation yeah. that's going to require medication for what it was made for. Yep. However, that medication for most of us, well, sorry, that medication for some of us is very dangerous. Yep. But it wasn't. It wasn't. We went about it the right way. It didn't never became a problem. It wasn't even a, a pull. It didn't even have a negative pull towards me. So. Some people think that's the biggest fear or threat, but it wasn't. Yeah. It, it was, was it was an emotional Yeah, it stress. was that other emotional one I'd been through. Yeah. All right. Let's go high. Ooh. Let's get high, man. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> what are you triggering me here? Just kidding. Uh wow. Um that's pretty easy. 
Uh, number one was falling in love with you. Yes. And when we, you know, our, our dating experience was really interesting. It was like, okay, sweet. We made it the first date, check this box. Second date, we got real. I mean, it was like answering all these questions. Like, okay, if you're going to deserve, deserve a third date, you know, of my time. And this is because we both had a life, a whole life almost before each other. Yeah. And we were at an age sure. where it's like, okay, don't, you don't get to waste two or three weeks of my life let alone a month if you don't check out. So it was awesome to go through that checklist and get to know her. But the biggest one, when I say I fell in love was being able to tell her what I'd been through as terrifying as that was, because I would have given you a 90, 98% chance that that would have been the deal breaker. And it wasn't it. It was the beginning of something beautiful. And it also opened the door and she could share the things that she had been through with me. And so that that miraculous journey of taking two paths that had been rough and a rough and rumble, you know, yeah. two broken stars being meshed together was it was my catapult of hope. Um, number two would be the day that you came to our business. I'm not even gonna describe it for sake of my own peace and comfort here, but when you came to our business, I was exhausted. I had gotten up at three, I think three forty-five that day for something big that we were working on at, at work. And you brought me a gift and there was a book. Oh yeah. And it said, what did it say? Um, I don't know. It was, it was like something like what you need to know. Well, oh yeah. What to expect for, uh, yeah. What to expect when you're expecting for dads. Yeah. Like the yeah. Dad what to expect for dads. Yeah. And, and I, I just was like, wow. Cause ultimately where my life had got to, and now here I am married to this incredible person. And now we're going to have a family together. That moment just rocked me. Like I'm going to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like knowing <laughs> we'll never get into the details of where my life had gotten to, but knowing that it was from that place to becoming a father, it was it was great. It was incredible. It was done the right way at the right time, and that was significant. Um, yep. And then number three would be when our daughter was born, and I don't skip over Roman, our middle one. It's because there was a moment when our daughter was born, and I got to go with two boys now that I had, and all five of us piled on the hospital bed and snuggled this little girl. And so... Really, I guess number three highlight would be Roman and then holding Roman's hand into the hospital for Willa, our our youngest. But that moment was just amazing. I, I'm looking at my wife who had just been through it, you know, all of you women that bear children and sitting there exhausted, but we're laying all together on this bed and I still have a picture of it. And that right there was kind of the symbolic moment of just complete triumph. Amen. Absolutely. Are you crying? A little bit. <laughs> you are crying. Because I remember it so well. And it's funny because I'm like, we, we those hospital beds are not, you, you know, they're made for, you know, one person. <laughs> yeah. And we just piled on and it was like, here we are. Like, we we did it. Like, we're we're here and, we, and we've made it. And and it it was a long journey for, yeah. for both of us. Um, so I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, okay. Here's a good one. So think about it. If you could go back 14 years 
and give yourself a pep talk or give yourself some advice that first, you know, couple of days in, in recovery, what would you say to yourself? Wow. Wait, oh, first few days in recovery? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when I've actually already made the decision. Yeah, yeah, you're you're there. Wow. Okay, that, that's very simple because the conversation, I, I guess, is it okay to clarify, would be hinged upon me giving myself advice so I would... I would believe it. Yeah. Okay. You're going to be faced with some of the most difficult things you've ever been faced with. So you think what you've been through to this point is bad. You're going to be faced with a lot more because you're going to be doing it now fully exposed. But I can promise you that by doing it, you will obtain, even in your pathetic state right now, as pathetic as you are with nothing, nothing to offer, no one around you, your life will become more beautiful than you could ever imagine. Awesome. I love that. Because but it, it, it will come with a price. Yep. Yep. You're going to pay the piper. The, the and, and the reason journey. that, honestly, it's an easy one for me to say because back then I would have done anything, right? I would have yeah. done anything to get back that dream I had lost. Yeah. It, so, yeah. Absolutely. Um. Okay, so what would you say what would you say to the parents or the family members of an addict who are at that low lowest point with their family member right right now where maybe they don't even know where their kid is? Yeah. Um which is a good or, point. You know. Yep. My addiction of many years came to an abrupt halt when my family in a matter of sorry, my addiction of many years came to an abrupt halt in a matter of weeks. When my family, you know, I'm just saying a week or two in a matter of maybe a couple months, right? Yeah. Once my family understood what they needed to do to stand together and stand united. Yeah. I would tell the family to not blame yourself because your loved one, whether they're in the comforts of your home or out in the streets, blames you, blames things that happen to them. They're volatile. They're... They're manipulative and, and they make you somehow feel part of that, mm-hmm. bad for them. Yep. And what they do most is make you feel fear right. to act. That if you do rock their boat anymore, I hear it time and time again. You'll never see me again. I'll just kill myself. Mm-hmm. Now, are these cir- circumstances where maybe people fall through with that? Sure, unfortunately. Most of it, though, is just complete volatile vomit. So right. I would tell the family, stop. Stop thinking this is magically going to correct itself somehow and do something. And when you do something, then you've got a chance. Yep. Now, if you do something, there's also the chance that you'll lose them. But if you want to live your life, whether it's with them or without them, with comfort and peace in your heart, it's by doing everything that you could have done. Not telling them to knock it off, not praying 12 times a day yourself that it will magically change them. Yeah. It's working with a professional, some sort of facility, and putting together a plan to offer them. Right. 
literally doing everything in your power to give that them could that change opportunity. the outcome. That's it. Yep. Stop living in fear. Yep. Stop living with this false sense of hope. That's it. Um, I remember just because it's playoff time. I'm like, I, I'll never forget when we were dating, Danny and I were dating and I was walking into the arena and I was walking across. Just talking about basketball. Yes. Yeah. Um, with um, Danny's dad. And he, he looked at me and he grabbed my arm and he said, with tears in his eyes, he said, this time last year, I didn't know where Danny was. I didn't know if I was ever going to see him again. And now he's here with me. And he's he's in a better place than he's been in for, for as long as I can remember. And so... I just, I just loved that, like that he, he was able to see. Yeah, that the was beauty. a moment of reflection yeah, for him. Yeah, for, for in, in just one year. Okay, um, what would you say the number one contributing factor to your sub- sobriety for these last fourteen years is? Without a doubt, easiest question: a long and rigorous program. Both long, both rigorous. Okay. Many layers to that plan. Length of that plan having lots of pieces of that plan in place to help because there are multiple days. We all have them, right? You have days where you just to hell with this day and you go and you sit in your bed all day and binge watch stupid shows or you eat more food than you should or you cry or you drink 100 ounces of Diet Coke. I don't know, right? We do healthy things, but unhealthy, but not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but not a long and rigorous program. I just can't tell you how many people move mountains to get their loved one some care they begin they get to the starting line of the race and then maybe they give it a month and they're like okay i'm good now yeah after two weeks i'm good oh they go to treatment for 30 days and come home and they're like oh sweet i just paid a big hefty bill they fixed you right like it was a long and rigorous program yeah mine was longer than most that i know and some of that was because it was enforced by the court system at first and then it was my own family but then it was my own self doing what was necessary yep this wasn't a week or two or three this was two years really my right but at minimum you're going to plan on six to 12 months of of a program to keep your loved one safe i really love that thanks and i can say that it's true yeah um okay i just kind of want to talk about the last 13 i can only speak to the 13 because i wasn't there the first year 13 years from my perspective. Yeah, please. Um, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, no, scary. it's awesome. It So Dan, Danny has come so far, and I, I think the word that comes to my mind is emotionally resilient. It's just, it's amazing to me to see. Um, you know, he, he mentioned this, but like the first year we were married, um, it was, he, he had to, like he said, acknowledge those, those character flaws and those things that he avoided. And that's so hard. And honestly, I, th- I feel like most people don't spend the time to do that, even if they're not, you know, recovering or they're not an addict. Um, it's just something that people want to avoid. Um, and I remember what we were sitting in, like a, a th- we were with a therapist and she was like, you know, and I, I just, I, I was frustrated and, and, and she was just like, you know, imagine like a windshield that had been shattered, but windshields are made so that like 
you can see every piece of glass is shattered, but it's not falling in. And she's like, you know, at this point, Danny is, is sober and he's doing all of the work, but like one little tiny rock that flies up and hits that windshield could cause the whole thing to collapse. And I remember thinking, oh boy, yeah, that's, I feel that a lot. You know, I, I, I'm dealing with that a lot and it's, and it's, that's, that's hard to navigate as you're in a new marriage. Um, but I also, it was one of the things that I came to really respect and admire about Danny because yes, the, the, it, she was right. You know, rocks would flip up and, and, and it would, it would send him into a spiral that was really hard, but he was always willing to acknowledge what, Oh, Whoa, I just went, I just, you know, went South and now I need to correct that. And, and he's continued to do that over and over and over again. And it's just been this slow and beautiful progress. And I've been able to witness it. And it's in my mind, it's just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful process. And I'm, I'm grateful to have been a part of it, even though it was brutal at the beginning. Um, and I don't know, I, hopefully if, if you can't, um, behind us is this picture and we're going to post it and it'll be in our stories. But the, when I look at Danny's mug shots, when I see those pictures, I see that he, that's him, but it's his shell. And so it's actually kind of hard for me to, to see because I'm like, I can see that he's there, but he's obviously dead. And, um, it's, it's kind of always an emotional time for me this time of year because I, I, I just, it is such a very real witness to me of how, uh, how the savior enters into the darkest places. Um, if you haven't ever watched Danny's story please go to our website and watch it. It's also on our Instagram page, but watch the story and how the, the miraculous part of when he is found in this basement and his dad and his brother are led to him in this basement where he is going in and out of consciousness and, and he's gone. And to me, I see that the Savior was there with him. In that ugliest, darkest, he he wasn't further from from any any sort of recollection of himself than he was in that moment. And I love that's I think why I love to celebrate the, his sobriety is because I see the progress, right? Like I see God was there and what he's done with him since then. He didn't leave him there. He didn't say, you know, go, get yourself to detox and decide you want to come and talk to me and then we'll get we'll we'll start working on it. He he took him from that moment and was there to pick him up and take him and walked every single step since then. And so it's just this total juxtaposition of 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 darkness and light to me. So so in my eyes and Danny is going to laugh because <laughs> this is what I do, but I always have to talk about the Jesus factor because that's what I see. That's to me, that's what this is about. And if that resonates with you, I'm so glad if it doesn't, that's okay too. Um, but 
in the Bible, um, Paul teaches us out of the book of Romans, and this is my literally one of my favorite scriptures, and it applies to this so much, but it's Romans 5.20, and he says, where God enters in, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Mm -hmm. And to me, that Danny's story is the illustration of that. When he allowed God to enter in, and it wasn't like he was saying his prayers. It was just the moment he accepted that help to now, look what has happened. He was dead on a floor in a basement, literally going in and out of consciousness. And now he has everything he ever, ever, ever dreamed of as a boy. He has a wife, a family, is healthy, is is living his, his very best life. I mean, the truest form of himself ever. And so I, I can't let this day pass without acknowledging that and, and, and sh- shedding light on that because to me that that is ultimately what we get at the end of this story. It is a long journey, but that is ultimately the, the, the triumph that, that we celebrate on, on his 14th birthday. Um, now talking about that, I have to say that as the spouse and I'm sure his siblings or his parents could say the same thing, but there's this, this really difficult process that takes place because you're going, okay, they got help. Like, awesome. Now they're doing good. Like, oh, Danny's married now. Like, so he's fine. Um, but there's still so much work to be done and it's so frustrating. It's frustrating as, as the person that loves them and is cheering them on to see them continue to stumble or really, and to not meet your expectations, right? So I think that's a struggle that so many families have once their once their loved one is on the other side, so to speak, as and they're not using drugs or alcohol anymore to numb themselves, but they're still ultimately in the process of healing. Is they have this expectation of, you know, where they should be, and or they're they're just kind of confused about it, but. I think something that that I have been taught uh, by my Savior through this is that Danny, I was trying to get Danny to the top of the staircase with me in basically, you know, we got married, so uh, we should be there. We, he, he should be at the top of the staircase with me right now when really he needed me to just be patient with Danny because he was on the staircase. He was on the staircase with me. We might've been at different points, but he was on the staircase. So I just, I just think that's a really important thing for families and spouses to, to, to remember is, is that expectation is so critical. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I do. I also think when you're going to exert yourself and, and use up a lot of your energy and time, it's when it's, the correct time to do it when they are on the staircase, so to speak. I like that. Um, that's when you should, because what other reason in your life, if you were on your deathbed today, looking back on your life, what, what other effort would have been worthwhile as much as giving that time and energy to help someone you loved, you know, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be not in your work, not, yeah. In your social groups, not in your community, not nothing. It would be helping 
helping that person that you love so much. So, however, the big difference is a lot of people are doing that and, and giving that effort when the time isn't right, which is when their person is in their addiction and, and is struggling and crossing those boundaries and doing those things. That's when it's almost, I hate to use the word wasted effort, but you know, you put all that effort forward and, and that compassion because you saw that I was trying and well, I was doing yeah, what you were was doing required. that. that yeah. yeah. But you'll never do it perfectly. No. Right off the bat. No, but one that was else. the time in which it was worth that sacrifice. Cause Absolutely. you can, you can get what you want at that point. Yep. But loving somebody and doing all that when they're still active in their addiction is a difference. Right. Oh no. I'm thinking it'll change. Yeah. Post. No, I, I, I'm just clarifying yeah. to listeners that that's the difference. And yeah, it is a lot. It, it requires a lot of sacrifice on your part. And sometimes people don't feel like it's fair. Yeah. But it doesn't it, seem fair. At the end of the day, the it is what it is. Yeah. And, and if you want them back, that's what it will take. Yeah. So it's, it's, I love what you said. It's compassion. That's truly what, what you're asked to do. Patience and compassion. And I, I can, I can honestly say it really pays off and it, it's actually a beautiful journey that you can take yourself. Um, and just by the same token, that staircase, we do that. Danny did that to himself too. And that that's really hard to process you know, you, you, you can see the wreckage that you created and it's very discouraging and you think you should be at the top of the staircase already. And you're, you know, barely climbing on that first step and it, it gets really discouraging. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that is real, but it's not a game of Candyland. It's not first to the finish wins. That's it, you know, and be patient and compassionate to yourself. Correct. Yep. Awesome. Danny, I want you to read this for me because this is um, our, I would say, our kind of favorite quote about recovery. And it's right there by Ezra Taft Benson to close things out. The Lord works from the inside out. The world works from the outside in. The world would take people out of the slums. Christ would take the slums out of the people. And then they would take themselves out of the slums. The world would mold men by changing their environment. Christ changes men who then change their environment. The world would shape human behavior, but Christ can change human nature. Thanks. What say ye? Well, it doesn't come easy. It still doesn't come easy, but I can promise it's worth it. We all have different challenges. We all do. Some depression, some anxiety, some are perfectionists. Some biggest threat is that they just can't stop comparing themselves to others. Some people, it's addiction. Some people, maybe they're workaholic, but we all struggle. Yep. Um, they don't define who you are. I think the most valuable thing I've learned in the last four, 14 years in closing is I'm crazy. And it's cool. So cool, man. I, I am. I'm crazy. It's cool. But what I have learned is it took, I think the most incredible thing was actually realizing that there is a power greater than myself that can remove all of that pain. It doesn't come overnight. It's not like I just made a decision and I was saved by Jesus, right? Like, yeah, but I was, yeah, it was just in a very beautiful calculated little by little um, way. And to actually think that some of the places 
situations I was in and, and what I was doing right towards the end, right before I had just about passed to where I am today is it is a miracle. It is. It took me 10 years to even like lift my head up and say that out loud, but it's a miracle and it's not my miracle. It's a miracle that is ready and waiting and available for every single person. We want to celebrate with you so much that we have, we set up a coupon code for anybody who wants to, to buy our courses for the first 14 days of May, because we're celebrating Danny's 14th year of sobriety. We are going to offer them to our podcast listeners for 50% off. We have never done that before, but for May 1st through May 14th, you can get or gift our courses, any of them, or the bundle of courses for 50% off if you use code Danny 14 D-A-N-N-Y-14. So at checkout, if you wanted to give them to someone else, make sure you enter their email address and it will get them set up in the school. If you want them for yourself, this is the best time for 14 days only, 50% off all of our digital courses. Enjoy! We're so glad you joined us. That's a little bit more of that, you know, and I, 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 I thank you for what you did and, and what you said today. And, uh, yeah. Thanks to all of our listeners. Please share this with somebody that needs to hear it. Honestly, that is the most beneficial thing we can, we can do as humans is share goodness with others that are struggling. So please, if you, if you like our podcast, if this episode struck a chord with you, please share it with somebody Leave us a, a review. We want more people to get to this place of of understanding and yeah, and, 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 and reach out. You can you can reach out on our website and to text me or email me if there's questions or things you want us to address that would be helpful. Yes, beneficial. Please let us know. Please. Yep. yep. All right, everybody, celebrate for Danny. Eat some cake, and we will see you next week. See you later. 